Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Alicia Shanice Reviews. I am your host, it's your girl Shanice, coming back at you with another podcast. We are on episode 176 tonight, and I'm coming at y'all with the late night pod. Another little Shanice After Dark episode. (laughs) Um, I cannot let the night end without doing some type of pod in the celebration and memory of the GOAT. One of my favorite artists of all time, Mr. Tupac Shakur. Um, It's his born day today, so I had to come on and do something. I recapped Goodfellas earlier, and um, I've been doing a lot of editing, so I was up late editing, and I said, oh, no, 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 got to get this out before midnight. Before midnight, it has to be out. (laughs) Um, I did do a tribute to Pac last year on his born day. Uh, Make sure you guys check that out. I kind of went into more detail of why he was my favorite artist. Um, Talked about a lot of things that people might not know about his life, his upbringing. Um, He is one of my favorite artists. Actually, um, if you're one of my day one listeners, you know, I've already told you guys many of times that um, when I first wanted to join the content world, it was around 2013 idea but 2015 is when is when I just really wanted to be a content creator and I had wanted to create my own YouTube platform at that time and I wanted it to be based around Tupac Shakur I wanted to do a Tupac YouTube channel I didn't do it I've talked about that from numerous times on why I didn't it didn't have the courage didn't have the confidence so um by the time I came up with my pod uh it the Tupac content was oversaturated. It got really, really big around 2016 when the All Eyes on Me movie came out. Everybody had a Tupac channel. I have to say and give kudos to Art of Dialogue, who has taken it to a whole nother level. And shots out to him. He has one of the most authentic death row Tupac channels. If you want a real authentic interview about him people who are around him including the outlaws um he did a lot of interviews with the late beautiful Joel, the first lady of death row um danny boy he'll he even he's the only one who has an interview with the girl who was the main character in brenda's got a baby video like art of dialogue has took it to a whole nother level um back in the day um before him I'm going to give a shout out to J-Mix. J-Mix was doing his thing. He had some really dope death row content. He was a YouTuber cont- uh, content creator. Carcino for Life, he used to tell some really dope Tupac stories. And, you know, he did his thing. You know, he did his thing. He was one of the first ones on a YouTube platform doing it. Uh, we had the Tupac Forum channel. That was popping. You know, and Tupac's one of my favorite artists. His, his legacy lives on. And to me, he is very momentum in the hip-hop community you know his music still is timeless and everything he talked about back in the early 90s is still happening today you know um so this is just like a celebration i went more in deep detail on what Pac meant to me about his upbringing last year today well tonight rather should i say we just going to kick back, um, listen to some of my favorite Pac songs. That's why I didn't, when we did our recap for uh, 
talking about 90s hip-hop i didn't go all the way pop 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 this i played a you know everybody from the 90s because i knew that this would be coming up shortly and i knew that i was going to dedicate a whole episode to mr tupac shakur aka mecca valley so we about to get into the show we about to listen to some tunes and just kick it um as always um my facebook is alicia shanice instagram alicia shanice reviews if you need to email me, Alicia Shanice Reviews13 at gmail.com. And you can always listen to my playlist on Spotify exclusively. If you type in Shanice Loves, it'll take you directly to all of my music playlists that I have made for every genre. You can hit me up. It could be DM, inbox, email for any requests you might have. If you want me to recap a documentary, which I love to do. Um, a movie, a TV show, or a music album, hit me up. Give me a few days to get back to you, and I will get your recap request out. I won't be back on until possibly, I'm, I'm trying to keep the pods on Fridays and Sundays, or at least around that time frame. It's been kind of hard. I'm really trying to hurry up and get my book edited. I'm, you guys know I'm done with it now. I'm just editing it before I send it to a, a, to a professional development editor. I'm going over everything. I'm adding stuff, taking stuff out, adding more character details. So that's what really has my mind just like fully occupied. So if I don't get it out Sunday, it'll be Monday or Tuesday. I got the good fellas out today because we are doing our mob marathon and that will go on until August 14th and that's when the Power Universe returns and then you know them Sundays will be back dedicated to Mr. 50 Cent because over here on this platform, uh we support everything 50 baby, okay? Everything Power Universe. But as for now, we're going to take a break away from the Power Universe since they're on break. And we're going to take a break away from the cartels because y'all know I love to talk about the cartel world and go to the mob, the La Casa Nostra. So I dropped a Fear City documentary recap. Because y'all know how I do. Before we get into a new segment, I like to do a doc first, a doc recap. So I did that. And then we did Goodfellas recap today. So you got time to check that out. We're going to do Donnie Brasco next. And then, you know, keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it going. We're going to do Donnie Brasco. We're going to do the John Gotti movie, the one from 1996, the most authentic one. We're going to do uh, Casino, Bugsy. Um keep keep it going keep it going so that's the plans for now and then as our shows return we'll recap them i'm still waiting for them to drop the release date for cruel summer um and yeah that's that pretty much sums it up but right now it's all about mr Pac. so you know what i'm saying you got a chance to go roll up pour a little drink light up your hookah do whatever you do whatever you do and sit back and let's get into the show. Name is Shanice and she's the one. Her name is Shanice and she's the one. chance to speak to young black males all over the country about this new idea called Black Power. Which is a new kind of black power. And when I say thug black, I mean that shit. Because these white folks, see us as thugs. I don't care what y'all think. I don't care if you think you a lawyer, if you a man, if you an African-American. If you whatever the fuck you think. 
That was a young Tupac Shakur. <sighs> that man was prolific, baby. One of my all-time favorite artists. I'm going to play a song that is one of my favorite Tupac dedicated songs to him. Um, it's very slept on. A lot of people don't know about this song. Um, I'm going to pull it up and play it. Um, hold on one second. I hope you guys are having a beautiful night. <clears throat> All right. Flag, flag. Watching niggas mimicking you and I just laugh I know how it feels to be 
was Mr. Mano's letter to Tupac song. A lot of people have done tributes to him. Um, Boosie, letter to Pac, um, Crooked Eye did one, who was a hell of a lyricist. Um, Tretch has did his. I mean, so many people. But that's one of my favorite ones. I felt that song. Um, it was coming from the heart. And Mano is from Brooklyn. Mano is, I like Mano. I fuck with Mano heavy. He's a slept on artist. Like, but I fuck with Mano heavy. Like, he really be having some dope songs. Um, but that's one of my favorite tributes to um, Pac. <clears throat> Pac's life was cut short. He was 25. He was had just turned 25. He died in September. His uh, birthday was in June. So he was very, very young. Um, at the time of his death, he was going through a lot. Um, a lot of people like to say he was just out of control and out of that. But they don't look at what he had been through. Um, as a short time of being an artist and you know he died in 1996 his first album came out um 1991 with uh, Tupac now however he was an artist for only a short time but his legacy lives on forever and in 1993 is when he caught his case um I'm not going to get onto that case uh, right now, but that brought on a lot of bullshit. He met the chick at Nils. That was a club in New York. Everybody know he was rolling with Haitian Jackman at the time. Uh, it was just a lot of bullshit. And that brought on a lot of stuff that will make somebody lose their fucking mind. Tupac was getting sued left to right. Um, a young guy shot at the police. He blamed Tupac lyrics. He got sued for that. Um, it was a shootout. A young child was killed. He got sued for that. Um, the girl with the rape charge, I believe she was suing him at the time as well. I mean, he had case on case on case. The Hughes brothers, when he um was that started, he didn't start filming, but he was reading for the part of uh <clears throat> the character in Minister Society. Got into a fight with the Hughes brothers, got sued for that. I mean, he was getting sued left to right. And the sad part is um, it was always Tupac and the Outlaws. And it's only three, two Outlaws left. Really three, you could say four, Storm, Noble, Edi Amin, and Muta. However, Edi Amin and Muta were from the original Outlaws. Storm came a little later. Noble came later as well, but out of the original Outlaws, it's only two of them left. Um, Fatal, he died in an accident. Um, Gaddafi, who was Pac's brother, he died maybe two months after Pac. He got killed. Um, his cousin is still living, Castro. 
but he's like very low profile. He doesn't do a lot. Um, his brother, Mo Prem, he was a part of the Outlaws. Big Psych is gone. I always, when I think of Pac and I think about his artistry, I always say he was the happiest when, not going to say Digital Underground days because Digital Underground, he was happy, but he was hungry and he wanted to be his own artist and his own star. But to me, I feel like from all of the the research I've done, and I've done a lot of Pac research because I'm a big Pac fan, I want to say it was around the Thug Life days when he was rolling with Stretch, who was his best friend. A lot of people got a lot of stuff to say about that when it comes to the Quad Studios thing. That story just, it goes every which way. But Stretch and Pac were like brothers. They loved each other. Stretch was kind of like his muscle. He had his back. But with everything going on the way it did, with the case and the Quad Studios shooting, everything just kind of went crazy. And people have failed to realize that back in that time, um, Pac was affiliated with some real, real official dudes. You know, Haitian Jack, he was official. His crew was official. Jimmy Henchman, hate him or love him, he 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 was official, you know. <laughs> um, and at that time, it was only so much that anybody could do. You know, they ran New York at that time. He was also kind of associated with uh, Supreme, from Supreme Team in a way. Um, Chaz Williams, who uh, if you guys ever heard – uh, well, I know you heard it. Fifty Cent song, Mini Man. You know his verse when he say Slim switch, uh, switch sides on me. I thought we was cool. Why you want me to die, homie? He talking about uh Slim, who they call uh they call him Slim, but that was Chaz Williams. He was a real OG from uh the South Side of Queens, and he was not a part of the Supreme team, but you know associated with Supreme, and they were actually working out a deal. This was way before Jaru, where he was gonna try to link him up with. Uh, so Pac always was around like a really official dude he was an east coast dude he was born in new york but he got the game from the bay area from the west coast like that's when he became himself you know growing up he moved around a lot the uh, late great mr feeney she went through a lot which was understandable you can say what you want like oh she was this she was that no that lady was brilliant but she was human and humans make mistakes. And she was a part of that Black Panther party, the Panther 21. She fought her own case. She won. Uh, she was pregnant in jail that whole time, fighting her case. But on how the FBI infiltrated the Panthers, they took him out dirty. You know, Matula Shakur should have been out of prison. He is really a revolutionary prisoner. Prisoner, You know, Pac, his one of his godfathers is Geronimo Pratt, you know. So like just the the history and the background of where he comes from, from that militant Panther party, and on how they got took down, how his family was incarcerated, not to mention Asada Shakur, that would make anybody, you know, fall off. And the great thing about Miss Safini is, yes, she got in, she got in, got fell off for a while. She went through her struggle, but she got back up and got it together. That's the most important thing. And 
you know, with that lifestyle at that time when she was going through that, that did cause them to move around a lot. And that's when he ended up in the Bay Area. And that's where he got that West Coast game from in the Bay. Him and E-40 were very, very close. Him and Spice One were like some of the bestest friends. Like he got that game, that West Coast swag. He got that from the Bay Area at a very young age. He went on to, you know, do juice Poetic Justice, you know, Gridlock, Bullet. I mean, he just went on to do so many things, and he just had such a a wonderful career ahead of him. But going through everything that he was going through with the case, with the beefs, you know, and then getting locked up for, you know, something that to the day he died, he said he did not do it. You know, I'm not going to get off into that right now. Um, But to be incarcerated for a crime you didn't commit and – to be shot before that, to be in the on the East Coast, locked up, and you're hearing the radio stations and they're talking shit about you, that will make anybody angry. That will make anybody angry. And the saddest part about the West Coast, East Coast war is we lost two great brothers. We lost Tupac and we lost Biggie. Um, but they're, both of their legacies lives forever. I'm going to play one of my favorite Pac songs and then we'll come back on and finish talking. You know what I'm saying? But I could play Pac all day. It's just a celebration. He is one of my favorite artists. Like I like he he is my favorite all time. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I'm going to play. I'm going to play one of my favorite Pac songs and then I'm going to play. The song I remember writing to with my mom and my uncle, and they would play it all the time as well. And that was off of that uh, Thug Life album. And that whole Thug Life era, that's when I say Pac was the happiest. He had his own crew. They was Thug Life. That Thug Life album is classic. And that was before all of the bullshit happened. When When he got that one case, it just... It brought on, it was like a domino effect because that brought on beef with the New York goons and that brought on other shit and other shit. It just was a pile up on a pile of like that one thing was like a domino effect. And before that, he was really on his way. You know, he was the happiest he could be after he filmed with Janet Jackson. You know, that was Janet Jackson at that time. She's still Janet Jackson. But, you know, back then, hell, that was, that was Janet Jackson, you know. Um... Trying to get that song pulled up. Fuck it. I, okay, I'm gonna play the. Um, I'm gonna play it in a minute. I gotta get it pulled up. But I'm gonna play the song that I remember riding to, listening to when I was a child all the time. My mama had this on repeat. <laughs> I got my 
shot cock. Plus in the niggas who will shot. Now tell me, are you scared of the dark? They close my eyes, I see visions. And even with the stub living, will I stay in prison? Penitentiary chances, listen all day back. The only way to advance. And if you train, then you better have your mics on. Cause when we fight, it's in the middle of the night with no lights on. Hey, there must be a God, cause I feel lucky, paranoid on my mind. This motherfucker's trying to bust me. Am I going to jail? Look at the tail. Coming out the courthouse, all about my mail. Never die, be a hustler, motherfuckers. And making thugs out you suckers from the cradle to the grave. From the cradle to the grave, since a little bitty child, I've been known to get ill and kind of walk wild. My body just like the fathers in my walk with street talk. Come on and up the block in the dark when let's walk. Surveillance on a nigga every day. Waiting on my daddy just to take his ass away. My mama always working, trying to make ends meet. So now I'm Young niggas being raised by the streets And then the only other man that ever showed me love Was my dope fiend not strung out on drugs and straight thugs Just me and my mama out here on our own So I got two guys, one black and one of chrome Now I don't wanna hurt nobody But I must have been mine It's all the fuck I got to stop him up a thin line Young niggas be brave And keep on fucking from the cradle to the grave From the cradle to the grave I'm the Cradle to the grave off of that Thug Life album. This is my favorite Tupac song of all time with him and Stretch off of that A Butter Realm album, which is one of the best hip hop albums ever. Produced by Simon, the Simon, aka Suge Knight. Free Suge, by the way. Here we go. Swerving, no 
him and stretch natasha walker on the hook i mean Pac has so much to do um that he was able to you know he was going to be able to do and a lot of the court cases stopped him from certain things um he was actually supposed to be the character of malik in higher learning which was omar epps character he was supposed to be sharif in Minnesota society, um, he was supposed to actually be an Independence Day, Will Smith's character. Um, he was just about to really blow up, you know. Um, this is another clip, and then I'll continue playing some more songs. I don't see it. I still see that same old copy that they had from then. And I'm not 
disrespecting anybody's religion, please forgive me if it comes up like that. I'm just saying my opinion. I feel like we get crucified. I mean, the Bible's telling us all these people did this because they suffered this much. That's what makes them special people. Right. I got shot five times. One, two, three, four, five. You know what I mean? I, I, and I got crucified to the media. You know what I mean? And I walked through with the thorns on me. And I had shit thrown on me. And I had this, this thief at the time. I told that nigga I'd be back for you. You know what I mean? And trust me, this is not supposed to be going down. I'll be back. So I'm not saying I'm Jesus, but I'm saying that we go through that type of thing every day. We don't part the Red Sea when we walk through the hood without getting, without getting shot. You know what I mean? We don't turn water to wine, but we turn motherfucking dope. Dope fiends and dope heads into profitable, unprofitable citizens and to society. You know what I mean? We don't do, we don't, you know, we turn money. We turn words into money. You know what I mean? How, what, what greater gift can that be? So I believe God blesses us. I believe God blesses those that hustle, those that use their mind, and those that overall are righteous. I believe that your karma, everything that you do bad comes back to you. So anything that I'm doing that's bad, I'm going to have to suffer for. But in my heart, I think what I'm doing is right. You know what I mean? So I feel like I'm going to heaven. You know what I mean? And I think heaven is just when you sleep you sleep with a good conscience you don't have nightmares and hell is when you sleep the last thing you see is all the fucked up things you did in your life and you can see it over and over again because you don't burn because if, if that's the case it's hell on earth because bullets burn you know what i mean it's people that got burned in fires that means they went to hell already you know what i mean all that is here so what else what do you got there that we ain't seen here you can walk around aimlessly, zombie. Nigga, that's here. You ain't been on the streets lately. You know what I mean? But heaven is now. Look, we sitting up here in the big screen. It's heaven for the moment. You know what I mean? Heaven's jail. I see that one. Trust me, this is this is what's real. And all that other shit is to control you. If the churches took half the money that they was making and gave it back to the community, we'd be all right. And they take half the buildings that they use to praise God and give it to motherfuckers who need God, we be all we be all right. Have you seen some of these goddamn churches lately? It's ones that take up the whole block in New York. It's homeless people out here. Why ain't God letting them stay here? Why these niggas got gold ceilings and shit? Why God need gold ceilings to talk to me? Why do God need colored windows to talk to me? Why God can't come where I'm at, where he sent me? If God wanted to talk to me in a pretty spot like that, why the hell he sent me here then? You know what I mean? That, that made ghetto kids not believe in God. Why? So that's a wrong religion. I believe in God. I believe God put us wherever we want to be at. Then it makes sense that God would put us in the ghetto. That means he wants us to work hard to get up out of here. That means he's testing us even more. That makes sense. It makes sense that if you're good in your heart, then you, you're close to God. But if you're evil, then you're close to the devil. That makes sense. I see that every day. All that other spooky shit don't make sense. And I don't even believe, I'm not dissing it, but I don't believe in the brothers. I was in jail with them and having conversations. With brothers, I'm God. I'm God. You God, open the gate for me. Yeah. You know how far the sun is and how far the moon is? How the hell do I pop this fucking gate and get me free up out of here? Then I'll be a five percent of for life. But never see All right, guys, I have one more clip I want to play. This is from 1992 when Tupac was on an interview talking about the movie Juiced and the rap game. It's only um, four minutes long, and then we'll play some more music. Who you're writing your music for. If you're writing your music for the guy at the office, then 
Public Enemy is doing a bad job, but if they were doing their music for black people or for people who want to come to a better understanding of how things really are, then they did a good job. You know what I'm saying? Because I want to see the true picture. You know what I'm saying? I don't care if he feels uncomfortable. Because what about when I felt uncomfortable for 400 years? You know what I'm saying? Then now all of a sudden it's bad to, to talk about some real... Anytime somebody pulls a trigger or there's any kind of gunshot, everybody starts running for cover, but everybody's really doing all this shooting in the streets. You know what I'm saying? All this Iran-Contra stuff and the big, that war, all that, that's violence to me. That's real violence. What we're talking about is fake violence. All this, what we're rapping, it happens in the streets, but us rapping about it is not the violence. And the movie about it is not the violence. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's an adventure world that we are creating. Trying to get out, trying to, what we're doing is using our brain to get out of the ghetto any way we can. So we tell these stories, you know what I'm saying? And they tend to be violent because our world tends to be filled with violence. I would rather tell a young black male to um, educate his mind arm yourself and be free and, and defend yourself then you know just sit there and turn the other cheek so whatever message that sends out that's the kind of message it is no but precisely in the film sort of things degenerate when bishop does arm himself With but that, he didn't he educate had... his mind that's true. That was just just violence. It, it had nothing to do with his brain. It had nothing to do. He used the wrong targets. That's absolutely wrong. And I know everybody's gonna see that when they see the movie. He didn't do. He didn't do anything to help himself get out of his situation. And in fact, Q was closest to getting out of his situation. He used his mind. When you use your brain, it doesn't always have to come to a violent end. But sometimes it does, and that's all that I'm saying. That that is a choice. Yeah, I think that they the movie us, shows that it's definitely right. a choice. They never show you that, you know, okay, the cop's beating on you. You have a choice. Violence to defend yourself, you know what I'm saying? Turn the other cheek or wait for the news cameras to come and talk about it. Like Rodney King. Like Rodney King. I'm talking about doing it, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm really, it's happened to me. The police beat me up in the middle of the street for no reason, just simply because I cursed at them because they were harassing me and I cursed at them. Now they beat me up. Now, in reality, I couldn't shoot him. Like in my rhymes, I would say, you know what I'm saying? Pow, pow, you know what I'm saying? It was a shootout, but I couldn't do that in reality. But in my rhymes, it, it vents that anger because I can, I can, you know, fire back at the police and won't go to jail for, for life. You know what I'm saying? Because it's just words. Right. In my music, and, and a lot of this music, it's only talking, it's only talking about the suppressed rising, I mean, the oppressed rising up against the oppressor. That's all. That's what my music's about. The oppressed rising up against the oppressor. So the only people that's scared are the oppressors. The only people who can have any harm coming to them are those who oppress. Simple as that. You mean the only people that have anything to worry about? Mm -hmm. uh, but it seems to me that the people that are being oppressed are the ones that have a lot to worry about too because they're the ones that are getting beat on every day or not. Right, and that's why they need to start, you know what I'm saying, striking back, beating back. So now why would you choose acting as a, as a career when it, when it's going to be harder compared to all the visibility that you can get with music? Or do you continue to, do you plan to continue? I'm doing both. both. I'm still in how's digital. Your, how's your solo album My solo album, Two Now, is out in the stores, doing good. I still got music with Digital Underground. The album is doing very well. So it's all just basically showing and proving. I'm, I made it out, and I want to stay out. And I want to show my... my actions about my interviews that this is how you stay out you know what i'm saying and it's, it's still real i'm still that young black man i didn't turn into you know arsenio or cosby 
you know what I'm saying? I'm still the same man. Those people that... And that was an interview from 1992. Now we're going to go back to listening to some music. I hope you guys are enjoying the show. Where we just talk about Pac, um, I want you guys to check out my last episode from last year when I did my tribute. I went more in detail about his personal life. Um, This is just more of a tribute, just... um, honoring him, honoring his legacy, playing some of my favorite songs and favorite clips of interviews I was able to locate. All my homies drinking liquor, tears in everybody's eyes. Niggas cried, come on the homies homicide. But I can't cry instead of just a shoulder. Damn, why they take a look so good? I love my clip up on my eyes, blurry. Don't worry, I'll keep them suckers back before you blow me. Retaliate for the 187. The real niggas get to go to heaven. How long will they move it? Glory me a motherfucking G. Bitch, don't wanna die. Then don't fuck with me. It's kinda hard to be optimistic when y'all homies lying dead on the pavement. Twisted, y'all don't hit me up. I'm trying hard to make amends when I'm losing all my motherfucking friends. Damn, it should have shot me when I was born. Now I'm trapped in the motherfucking. off of that thug life album as well how long were they more me tupac big psych and the legend nate dog this is actually one of my fave um favorite songs as well by him um it's off of the machiavelli album i'm gonna go ahead and play that hold your head I'm 
favorite songs off of that Machiavelli album. Um, I listen to it on a daily. Uh, I told you guys before I have a playlist that I listen to when I'm writing uh, the book too, and that is definitely on there. Um, fun fact, Pac recorded Machiavelli in seven days. He lived in the studio and he would just have all his all his boys coming through. They recorded. 
he didn't he didn't go over this like i don't like the way that sound he he just said record that shit let the engineers do what they do they put the shit together he's like you know we got to get it out he recorded uh machiavelli in seven days and he actually wanted to put it out as a mixtape he was gonna give the machiavelli album away for free and on the last song against all odds he's telling you basically what happened to him at the quad studios and that's where you know the infamous mystique of Haitian Jack came from you know everybody knew Haitian Jack in the streets especially New York and um but that's where the world became familiar with the name Haitian Jack and he had always had like this mystique figure nobody had ever heard this man talk and that's when you got to give a shout out to Jamil from Gully TV shout out to him uh he had got the first interview he went over to um he went over to uh where do Haitian Jack live at? I can't think of it right now. Uh, I can't think of where he's at now. Uh, he got deported. I don't. I think he got deported back to. Um, I gotta see. But he went over there and he did the uh, interview. And Haitian Jack got to tell his side of the story, but he he made it in seven days. Um. You could always tell whatever album he put out, that's what type of mood he was in. The Dominican Republic, that's where he went at, the DR. Yeah, he went all the way over there. Jamil was the first one. Give him his credit. Jamil was the first one to get the Haitian Jack interview. A few years later, he did a documentary with uh, Deb Antney, um, Bimmy from the Supreme Team, Big U, um, Trick Trick from Detroit. They had did like this whole... Um, Streets of Hip Hop. It was a documentary. It was really, really good. We can recap that as well. Um, about how the streets, you know, basically birthed hip hop and, you know, it all came from the streets. So he did do that documentary, but Haitian Jack has not done too many interviews. Nobody's ever heard his story. So make sure you, uh, go to, uh, Gully TV on YouTube and then you can hear Haitian Jack's side of the story telling you how him and uh, Tupac became friends and what went down with that whole case as well but you can always tell what type of zone he was in in every album he did like when he was with Digital Underground he was happy he was just ready to come up in the game when he did Tupacalypse Now he was still more had that that rebellious revolutionary baby panther spirit you know and then when he did thug life that was when he was going through the thug life moments um and very very just to me his happiest in the game at that time when he did uh me against the world that's when he was going through his trial and he was in jail at the time when it got released and you could just tell he was going through so much you could feel that pain you could feel that um emotion coming out of that and then when you got to all eyes on me you can hear that rage you can hear that that pissed offness you know because Pac went through a lot while he was incarcerated and people thought he just got out and just said no you 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 fuck you fuck you but um he was locked up on the east coast and you know it was a lot of talk in there he had got shot he had caught his he got his case caught his case in new york he had got shot in New York and then he was on the radio. He was listening to the radio in there and you had people in there, Wendy Williams, Flex, talking shit about him and he's listening to it, you know. So that made him very enraged as it would make anybody. He went through a lot at that young age. Like I said, a lot of people were suing him. 
he had the outlaws. The outlaws was kind of like his children. They were young, you know. Gaddafi was like his, that was like his brother, you know. And when he met Mutai, the youngest out of the outlaws, Mutai has such a tragic story. You know, his story is very sad on how his parents were killed and he was left in the house for days. And when he told Pac that story, Pac started crying. You know, he took him in, looked out for him. That was like a big brother father figure to him. Like he really, you know, helped raise the outlaws. They were young men, young boys at the time. So, you know, he had them. He was going through a lot. And then when he got signed to death row, a lot of people could say what they want about Suge. But Suge and Pac was close. He was, Suge was like the father figure Pac never had. Because, I mean, of course, he had Geronimo Pratt. He had Matula. But Matula had been locked up all those years. He used to go visit Matula. But a lot of, you know, after the FBI infiltrated the, um, the Panther Party, a lot of them either got incarcerated killed or you know something tragic happened and that was a lot to go through people always want to say oh Pac went to you know this school and that no Pac was homeless a lot he didn't have a lot he moved around a lot you know Feeney was going through a lot back then so he did have a very very hard life and when he got with Suge it was like that big brother type love that he had never really had. Um, you know, Shook was on top of the world at that time. Death Row Records, they were like the number one label at that time. They were running shit. And Shook really did love Pac. Say what you want about Shook, but Shook looked out for a lot of people. And we're going to go more in a deep dive with Shook. You notice how I always say free Shook night, by the way. Yeah, Shook and did some fucked up shit. I get that. But him and Pac really had good plans on what they wanted to do. If you go listen to my first tribute, I went more in detail. I played the clip of um, Pac. Like I said, he was around some official dudes. He was on the phone with Monster Cody. Everybody know Monster Cody is a legend, you know, OG legend. And he was on the phone with Monster Cody. And he was talking about how he wanted to do this for the community, you know, clean the streets up, let the kids be kids and, you know, build community centers and give food to the homeless and do this for single parent mother, you know, single parents raising their children. Like he wanted to do so much and Suge was right there with him. They really wanted to do a lot. A lot of the bullshit got in the way, but they were young. They had all this money. It was a lot going on. So that kind of sidetracked it then. You know, what happened in Vegas, that that his murder, that brought Death Row Records down. Because after Pac was killed, Suge got locked up. And I think that was a nine-year charge. And then Snoop, he went to um, No Limit Records. Dr. Dre had already left. And it was just a mess. They had Reggie Wright running shit, Michelle it was, you know, his his death, it kind of ruined Death Row. You know, like, it never was the same after that. When uh, Suge got out, he tried to get it back up, but just didn't work the same. So, um, he just, he had so much going for him for himself, and his legacy still lives on. A lot of his music is timeless. You can still listen to it. A lot of stuff is still relevant to what's going on in today's world. You know, you felt the emotion in his in his songs. Um, so we're going to go ahead and finish playing some music. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to play something off of 
everybody always listen to all lies on me. Um, we'll go to, we'll play some different songs. Because everybody always listens to all lies on me all the time. So that's why I'm playing like different songs that I love that a lot of people just don't play. Um, Spice One, when he uh, made that song, him and Spice One was really, really close. And Spice One used to always ask that, like, I wonder if heaven got a ghetto. He just talked about it in an interview. Shout out to Art of Dialogue. Um, <clears throat> another fun fact, <laughs> I was watching an interview back in the day with uh, Too Short. And Too Short was talking about Pimp C. You know, Pimp C didn't give a fuck. <laughs> he would say whatever he wanted to say. And when they recorded Big Pimpin', uh, Hove had reached out to, you know, UGK. And, you know, Bun was down for it. He like, yeah, let's go. And Short said, uh, <laughs> Pimp C was like, hell no, I ain't doing no motherfucking song with no Jay-Z. And, you know, this is when Jay-Z was blowing up. This was after Big died. And Bun was like, Bun and Short was like, what the fuck wrong with you? This is Jay-Z. He like, I ain't doing no motherfucking song with nobody who had to- who had beef with Tupac. <laughs> That just shows you, like, damn, Pimp C wouldn't do a song with Ho because, you know, 
<clears throat> Pac wasn't, wasn't messing with him at the time because he was uh, cool with Big. And, you know, he had did that song, uh, Brooklyn's Finest. However, uh, they had to talk him into it, and he uh, eventually ended up doing the song, and it became a hit. That was Big Pimpin'. But that was a funny story off of that as well. <laughs> but I am from uh, F-L-I-N-T, 810 Flint. So I am going to play this song because him and Pac had a very close brothership. Uh, Pac, actually, when they filmed the video, they were at um, another fellow Flint. Um, native, they were at Andre Ryzen's house when they shot this video. to play his last interview he did before he passed and then i have my last and final song this was just my celebration of this man's life i um loved him dearly this was my favorite artist of all time baby of all time i'm trying to get that one clip up um, let me see here this was a little young 23-year-old Tupac giving his revolutionary speech. 
that young rebel Tupac and that was um, early on that was in 1993 and when he was doing a speech um, I'm going to play another song and then I'm going to play his last interview he did and then I'll play my last and final song after that um, I'm trying to play stuff that you know wasn't the always on the radios um, 
and that I haven't played already. Uh, so that's why I'm skipping around. Um, let's see here. That's going to be my final song. Um, All right. I was trying to play something not off of the All Eyes on Me soundtrack. But I am going to play this. Shorty want to be a thug. This was Pac's last interview. He did this interview, uh, I think, two days before um, the Vegas incident. So I'm going to play this. Hey, it's your dry skin. Help me stay hydrated. <clears throat> yeah, I'm going to play this, and then I got... Um, Two more songs I'ma play. Here we go. Party and uh, with me uh, from uh, Death Row. Introduce yourself, my man. And I'm Sug Knight and Tupac Shakur. All right. Now here's the deal. Um, first of all, can you tell us uh, what you actually thought about the actual rap category in terms of? I mean, I saw Coolio win, and I was like, sorry. It's Just... like this. For us, anything in awards, we didn't think about that. We got an album out there. He sold six million records. He sold three million singles. He got another album coming out, Machiavelli. Snoop got an album coming out. We just moved forward. We don't even get caught up in that type of shit. All right, man. Okay, can we talk about uh, Death Row East? Um, what is exactly happening? Um, and what can we expect from it? You believe in God? Certainly. Believe in Death Row East. <laughs> believe in that. For real. Do my own That's boy it. Say, I'm right with you believe in God, believe in Death Row East. We plan to take the same strategy we use with Death Row West, which is mind over matter, taking all our weaknesses and making it into our strengths. We, keep, we know that we got strength in numbers. We already run the streets out here. So now we just gonna help some of these brothers get their money on because we know they got talent. We got the ways to make them use their talent to the maximum effect. And that's what this is about. Everybody rap. We don't rap. We rap to make money. We do business. Ain't no other record company out there that sold as many records as we did. We outsold Bad Boy, LaFace, every black record label out there. We outsold them in one year. And I'm a convict, and my homeboy just got off a murder case. So that tell you that it's pure talent. No hype. We don't got no all-American smiles. They don't even want to buy our record, but they got to buy our record because we represent the street. 
So Death Row East is going to be a personification of what we did on the west side. We're going to do it to the east side. We're going to prove once and for all that all these people talking about an east coast, west coast war, they like the Judas was to Jesus. They only here to cause confusion. We here to bring money and to bring change. They here to cause confusion. All these weak rappers, Nas, all these suckers, they battling off the of east and west like this is a game. This ain't no game. If this was chess, we'd be yelling checkmate three years ago because we've been beat these it's not a game. We out here trying to help our people make money. We trying to get out of this three-strike circle they got us in and start getting our pit papers on. So that's what we're doing. By stripping numbers, we coming to the East Coast to prove there is no fear, there is no problem, there ain't nothing but opportunity. And the opportunity is overthrow the government y'all got right now, which is bad boy and Nas and all that bullshit, and we will bring a new government here that will feed every person in New York. So that was his last interview he did in New York right after the awards. Um, however, you see he kept throwing shots at Nas and then on that All Against Our uh, Eyes song, of the Machiavelli album, him and Nas did straighten shit out that same night. They straightened it out. They worked it out. And they agreed they was going to do some songs together. Uh, Tupac was coming out with that One Nation album. Nas was going to be on there. They had worked it out. Pac had requested that Nas be, his, his whole verse off Nas be removed off of that against all odds. Suge was planning on doing it. He couldn't get it. He couldn't get it off. He just put the album out. But Nas was supposed to be taken off. They had actually him and Nas worked their differences out. So um, I did want to throw that out there because that was his last interview. And a lot of people heard his last album where he was throwing digs and Nas, but they did. They got it worked out. It was a misunderstanding and they worked it out like men. Nas is one of the goats as well. I love me some Nas, but I did want to throw it out there. I am going to play another tribute to him. This was from Crooked Eye and it is called Dear Tupac. And then I will play my final song. for my 
my niggas ever ignorant and getting goals accomplished and I'm tossing bitches up, man, I'm fucking hoes unconscious. Since you been gone, the whole coast been on some nonsense. Not enough unity, holding up the progress. Everybody got killers on the payroll. Should be killing the industry and making pesos. And sipping thug passion by the caseloads. Watch how I make the coast change clothes. I like Chuck Taylors, but I ain't in them. The new gangster do the Prada sneaks and high-end denim. Why the fuck should I follow trends when I invent them? The Louis V, Huey P, Robot, and Lennon. Fly, nigga. I tell them like you sick. I ain't mad at you. I tell them if I was mad at you, I'd point a mag at you. All I need in this life for sin is a Mac-10 and a black pen. So I can write something to inspire the black men. Cops want to shoot because they got black skin like you did back then. Perhaps then I could reach out to our brothers from another mother of other colors and grab them. I'm on a mission down here to reach kids. Kids, listen to me down here. I tell them to dream big. Not a role model, though. I'm what a G is. My last day free could be for shooting three pigs. I'm rebel-minded like Geronimo Pratt. I carry on in your tradition. I let your mama know that. When I was at her house with the outlaws. I'm outspoken, but I'm not a rebel without cause. I'm not a monster without claws. I'm a beast raising sharp teeth. I eat beast. Nigga swallowing sounds raw. No, they ain't fucking with me, Machiavelli. I'm after my bread and cheese, even if I have to jack a deli. I'm a lunatic, fuck it, I should rap with Nelly. I'm in the belly of a spider on Black Pirelli. Trying to inspire a new nation of young thugs. Illmatic number seven, nigga, one love. One love, one love, one love. Lost in peace, stuck in peace. Lost in peace, stuck in That was Crooked Eye, who is a lyricist. Or the real deal lyricist and this is my final song for mr tupac shakur on his born day But life goes on. How many brothers fell victim to the streets? Rest in peace, young nigga. There's a heaven for it. You can be alive. If I told you that I never thought of that, my nigga, we the last ones. Life goes on. Hell through the indie halls. Breath stinking in my drawers. Ring, ring, ring. Quiet, y'all. Here coming call. Plus, it's my homie from high school. He getting by. It's time to bury another brother. Nobody cry. Like it's a ball of alcohol and booty calls. We used to do them.
And life goes on. Yeah, nigga, I got the word as hell. Blue trial and the judge gave you 25 with an L. Time to prepare to do bad time, won't you parole? Imagine life as a convict that's getting old. Plus, with the drama, with looking out for your baby's mama. Taking risks while keeping cheese checks from getting on her. Life in the hood is all good for nobody. Remember gaming on dumb hotties at your party. Me and you know true or two. While scheming on hits and getting tricks. Maybe we can slide through, but now you worry. Rest, nigga, cause I ain't worried. I love saying goodbye at the cemetery. No memories fade. I got your name tatted on my arm, so we both fall to my dying days. Before I say goodbye, Kate and my to rest in peace. Thug till I die. How many brothers fell victim to the streets? Rest in peace, young nigga. I'd be alive if I told you that I never thought of that. My nigga, we the last one's left. And life goes on. How many brothers fell victim to the streets? Rest in peace, young nigga. I'd be alive if I told you that I never thought of that. My nigga, we the last one's left. Cause life goes on. I bring me smiling. With G's in my pocket, have a party at my funeral. Let every rapper rock it. Let the hoes that I used to know from Wave of Road kiss me from my head to my toes. Give me a paper and pen so I can write about my life of sin. A couple of bottles of gin in case I don't get in. Tell all my people I'm a rider. Nobody tries when we die. We outlaws, let me ride. Until I get free. I live my life in the fast lane. Got police chasing me. To my niggas from old blocks, from old groups. Niggas that got in me through. Back in the old school. Pour out some liquor, have a toast for the homies. See, we both gotta die. But Told to go my and brothers miss you while you're gone. You left your nigga on his own. How long we moan? Life goes on. How many brothers fell victim to the streets? to the late great Tupac Shakur the only one Tupac it's always this the next Tupac this the next Tupac he the next Tupac he the... no baby it's only one Tupac Shakur he is the goat in my opinion um I went more in detail in my last tribute to him on his born day make sure you guys check that out I talked about why he was so prolific the things he did that people didn't know about um 
he was the most gangster of gangster of them as it is as a, as they come uh, and i'm not talking about the drug selling and just on the corners and all of that Pac did so much shit that people don't even know about when you know even when he went against the gangster disciples when uh Lil yummy was killed in chicago you know to go up on stage and go at the gds like that woo baby to shoot at two undercover cops for beating up on a young black dude shit that's gangster that's gangsters fuck i'm not talking about out here selling poison to the kids and selling crack and you know murder 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 i'm talking about the things he did he was a rebel you know he was a revolutionary he had a heart of gold at, at that you know he went through a lot he was a hothead of course but you know he was human and he went through a lot so um this is just my tribute to him as a celebration of his life life and his legacy playing um songs that i enjoyed i can't play him all because i love all of his music <laughs> so i play songs that weren't like radio played all the time so i hope you guys enjoyed this i hope you guys go back if you haven't listened to my um my first tribute to him where i went more in detail about his personal life um that's um i did that last year and that's on the playlist as well make sure you check that out i hope you guys have a beautiful and safe weekend thanks for tuning in i hope you guys enjoyed this uh we'll be back on hopefully sunday if not the latest Tuesday with the Donnie Brasco recap to continue our mob marathon. So on that note, it's your girl Shanice and I'm out. Hope you enjoyed the show with your girl Shanice.